Hey, this is Russell and I work at the video store, the place that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. I love this job because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my friends that work here. Interesting people do pop in to rent something, but today is a very special episode. This is our most rented episode and it is the best of the year. So let's do it. Let's open up the shop. All right, welcome to it. Hello, everyone. Hey, Rusky. Hey, Hello. Hey, boys. Okay, we've got Cole here. Hi. We've got Graham. Yo. And we've got Gaddy. That's my name. We also, in very much good spirit, have Marigold, who uh, unfortunately couldn't be with us today. But this is our very special, most rented episode. Welcome to it. Woo. We did it last year, and we had a great time, and so we wanted to do it again this year, where we are going to, as the... Video store clerks, as the video store staff, talk through our favorite films and TV shows of 2023. We are going to do it in the most structured way we can, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) where we are going to go one by one, hopefully not interrupt each other too much. So we're going to do our best to make sure. That's our style, though. Yeah, but... We got to uh, we got to keep uh, <laughs> keep folks the ball in mind. rolling. So we'll do our best to do that, and uh, we hope that we can bring you the best picks, and we can talk about it. And please feel free to chime in and mm. let us know what you think of what we've said. Yes, and if there's anything that we've left out. Yeah, your favorites. We're bound to leave some stuff out. Completely, exactly. there is just too much out there, and that's why we're here to help. So we'll get into that in a moment. We wanted to give. A big shout out to you, the person listening. You are are treasured and we very much appreciate you and we thank you for all your business coming into our video store uh, every week and listening to us. We really value you and, and thank you for all your support. We have had an incredible year and we want to just yeah, give a few mentions. Firstly, to our good friend, Jonathan Rocksmith. Hey! He is uh, the most listened to episode this year. Nice. He's always been a winner. And he's, he's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, his, his episode is, is available for you to listen to. And uh, we just wanted to give him that little fun accolade. Another award that I think certainly deserves a mention is Dan Snadden, who uh, was an episode this year. He is a director of animation and he won an international Emmy this year Woo-hoo. for his short uh, the Smegs and the Smoods. Cool. cool name. Amazing. But very right. well done to him and mm. just so proud of him. And it was so cool that we got the chat just before the announcement. So it was cool to um, get to know him and talk about all of that. But I think, chaps, uh, we'll get into it in a sec. One more little shout out is to thank uh, the two very cool brands that sponsored us this year. Mm. Our good friends at Us Wine. Pioneers. <laughs> Pioneers. That's what they are. Um, we now um, very much stock it at the Bioscope. We serve it as our house wine. Um, very great wine that is in a box and um, lots of fun and very uh, interesting characters that have put the company together. So they've got great ads. I implore you to go and watch them. Cool. And then, of course, Double Shot Coffee, uh, which is also incredible coffee and great that those guys came on board and helped us. But I think, chaps, I think we should do it. Who is going to start? We're going to go one by one. 
work our way around it. We're going to talk movies mm-hmm. and we're going to talk TV shows. So they'll be interspersed. Cool. And, and let's get into it. I think you should start, Russ. Yeah, okay. you're the band leader. Yeah. All right. I will start with a smaller film mm-hmm. that wormed its way into my heart. <laughs> wormed. <laughs> Real, yeah. It was incredible. It's called The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry. Right. I watched it on DSTV box office earlier this year. I'm not entirely sure where it is living now. Mm. It hasn't come to any of the streaming services yet. But it is an incredible film based on a book. So uh, worth a check out of that. It is a very small, beautiful story. And it and it's it's heartwarming. And I just think... We need a good cry every now and again. Mm. Um, quick back of the box is a old couple living in a small town. Guy gets word that um, someone he used to work with is on her deathbed um, and is going to die of cancer. And he wants to respond to her and tell her something. I'm sorry. I don't, you know, he doesn't quite know what words he wants to say. Right. Mm. There, is, there is a connection to this person we don't quite know. It's one of those films that unravels. You you start at one point and you don't quite know where you're going to get to as the relationships and the backstory unfold. But basically what he decides to do is he, he realizes she's in this other town quite far away. He wants to visit her and then he, he gets this crazy idea, old man, where he's he decides he's going to walk to her. He's going to go walk across the country to get to this person. Right. Because he he has this interaction with this person who tells him that, you know, sometimes these people need hope. And if you can give someone hope, they can get better. And he wants to give this person hope. And it's, it's this sure. quite bizarre story. But he goes <laughs> on this pilgrimage mm. over the course of weeks. But he's an old man. And the people he picks up along the way. And cool. He, he has to, it's very much about himself as much as he's doing this to, to help his friend. It's about his own inability to have done much in his life and what has he accomplished. And, and there's a backstory between his wife who, who doesn't understand what he's doing and doesn't want to support him. But they've also got this kid and it's, it's, it's lovely. Sure, cool. And the story of their child and you don't quite know and it, of course, all comes, comes out. What does it say about the human condition for you that resonates so deeply within you? Like living in the moment and, and living your best life. And, and it's never too late to do anything. You know, he, he, he does this for himself. But, um, yeah, it's about living and the joy of That's life. Wonderful. And like, ah, oh, it's great. It's a great film. So it's The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry. Cool. Pick number one. That's nice. my first pick. And I think maybe that's quite a nice starter yeah. because it's a, it's, a, it's a smaller one that perhaps not everyone got. Yeah, exactly. You know, everyone watched. I didn't watch it. Mm. Yeah, the main character, the main actor is the, the guy who um, was the constable in um, Hot Fuzz. Uh, Jim the, Broadbent. Jim Broadbent. Yeah. Mm. Uh, everyone else will know him as Floris Slughorn in Harry yes. Potter. Okay. No, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. Moulin Rouge as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. Well known. Yeah. He sings The Show Must Go On. Mm. Yes. Oh, I need to watch that again. Yeah. It's so good. Okay, and, the, and, and his wife is um, the mom in Shaun of the Dead. The one that uh, okay. No way. Yeah. Oh, the actress. The actress. Not, they're not married in real life. No, no. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always oh. quote Channel of the Dead when he's talking to her and she's busy staring off into the distance and she goes, no. oh, sorry, love, I was miles away. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always say. 
All right, so that's my pick. Cool. Kolsky, should we go in? Let's go in this clockwise direction. Sounds good. Okay, pick number two from the video store's most rented this year for me mm. is Bottoms. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. I haven't a, seen it. Yeah. It's on it's my list. It's available on Amazon Prime. Cool. Um, a back of the box is that two high schoolers, in order to try and explain away accidentally bumping the high school quarterback with their car, not really bumping him, but he's a melodram but he's a he's a melodramatic maniac. I don't know what I wanted to say. But he's both of those things. Uh, and they lie and say they're starting a fight club in order to teach women's defense class in the high school. Oh, okay. And Wait, they so have sorry, to keep they, this lie going. They bump, they hit his car in the parking lot. No, he they drive into him. Okay. Which is a gross, like over exaggeration of what happened. You'll see. Okay, okay. But the appeal of the movie is that it's basically a reboot of the noughties teen high school comedy. Okay. So if you're the kind of person that rewatches Mean Girls, not another mm. teen movie, I don't know, 10 Things I Hate About You. Even um, Superbad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With, uh, with in the housing device of like a whole bunch of lesbians and queerness in 2023 nice. as the dressing of this, mm. I mm. was shocked at how much I laughed in that movie. Raunchy cool. comedy? No. Okay. I wouldn't say raunchy. Mm. Okay. It's like more airhead stupid moments that they play on. But smart okay. 2023 humor. Yeah. Not that physical, oh my God, chick, chick had period blood on my leg. Oh like, my God, no. Like, no, not, not that naughty's not, bullshit. Not that kind yeah, of. okay, exactly. But um, also the actors like really sell this overacting, this theatrical overacting that you believe in because clearly they're just having a farce. It's, right. a, it's a total joke. Okay. Like a film from start to finish. Cool. So it's funny, it's stupid, it's self-aware. And yeah, I couldn't believe how much fun I had watching it. And, and it, also, sorry, the bloop is real and the credits is back. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's such a nice little thing. Yeah. Um, how's its sort of queerness? Is that an important part of it? or I wouldn't say it's important. Maybe it informs a lot of the humor. Like I sent it to my one super um, hetero bro in Cape Town. And told him to watch and he's like, dude, this looks too queer for me. <laughs> I sent him the trailer. He was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I thought so. So I think it's like more a sensibility of the humor. Right. That's got to do with like the campiness of RuPaul's Drag Race maybe. But was, that some people just don't find funny. Was your friend wrong? I mean, is it a film for everyone? I think it would be a film for everyone. Sure. Okay. Like it, it's not dealing with things that are inherently queer. Okay, you people know? have been having to watch straight movies. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. So what? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. What an ally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but the other, the, you know, the, the, the film Bros, um, yeah. you know, was trying to say, oh, we're the, we're the queer film that everyone should watch. Mm. But then everyone was like, you said queer film. I'm not, I'm, I don't I'm not gonna watch it. it. I don't want right. to watch it. Mm. Yes. So you almost got to catch them by surprise. Like my favorite was watching some of those Netflix Christmas movies and going like, oh, this is a gay Christmas movie. Oh, <laughs> like right. you just you would never kind of know you in it, and then you're like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Love is love because you're now invested. Christmas in is the Christmas. Character. Yeah, <laughs> love is love. Christmas is Christmas. So you almost got to catch people by surprise. So yeah, exactly. So okay, so it is something for everyone. Yeah. Okay. I think especially if you feel nostalgic for that kind of really silly comedy that right. didn't really okay. give take itself too seriously. Mm. Yeah. That's what it's for, like in 2023 context. It's cool. stunning. Okay. And on yeah. Amazon Prime. And on Amazon Prime. Nice. Bottoms. Bottoms. Okay. Cool. All right. GeForce. Yo. How's it? Okay. So it seems to be becoming a bit of a trend, and I don't mind, that Disney 
they've done it twice now, I'm calling that a trend, oh, are releasing well kind of like a mid-budget sci-fi film with a female lead onto streaming. Last year they did Prey, which I think made my list last year. This year they did No One Will Save You, yeah. which freaking rules. Yeah, you really like that one. I love No One Will Save You. It's One of the interesting things about it is the director, Brian Duffield, obviously heard the phrase show don't tell and took it 100% literally. Yeah. Because there's no dialogue in the whole movie. None whatsoever. Yes. Like the lead actress doesn't say anything? Is no there one any, says like, anything. Is there any television playing? Is there... There's no dialogue in the whole film. What? Have yeah. you heard the back of the box? It's, I, yeah, it's I a have great heard it. So to ba- just to quickly back of the box, it, it's a home invasion movie, instead, of, but instead of a bloke breaking in, it's aliens. So yeah. it's like Panic Room without a kid and no Forrest, but, and Forrest <laughs> Whitaker's an alien. Sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Okay. No, that's that, that's cool. Yeah, it's, totally. It's close, probably close to like signs than it is to Panic Room. Cool. You know, signs is know, great. Not just because of the aliens. And who's old Duffield again? Brian Duffield is the guy who wrote Love and Monsters. Yeah, which I love. Love and Monsters was great. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Did he direct it? No, because that was an after alumni. Yeah, yes. South African did direct yeah. it. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I would get that one. It's on Hulu. Depending on where you live, it's either on Hulu or Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus for us. And I what makes it like it. special in terms of it being a thriller? Well, again, for one thing, the lack of dialogue is a huge deal. Yeah, it sounds. It's insane. like entirely focused on this one character, on sure. the, the female lead, Caitlin Dever is the actress. Um, yeah, and it's just like really effectively manages to like keep you in it, despite the fact that she's not saying anything. It's just purely event. Sure. You know, but the other thing is it kind of keeps you guessing the whole time because early on it sets up that she's very ostracized in the little town that she lives in and you have no idea why. Wow. And it kind of reveals a little bits and pieces over the course of the movie until you discover why. You know, How do they do that with no dialogue? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the movie, bro. Oh, my word. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> okay, so that is No One Will Save yeah, You. It's super well made, really fun. Not super scary as a horror movie. Um, it's more like kind of creepy. And works more as a thriller in that way, but it's just, it's super well made. Lead mm. performance is great. Super good time. Stunning. And, Love that, is, it. and that is on Disney Plus. On Disney Plus. Magic. Okay. All right. Gaddy. Okay. So uh, we were discussing earlier how this felt like last year, but Last of Us was just a masterpiece for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, Agreed. Like, like yeah. I, I, never, I never played the game. Oh, okay. Okay. I did. And yeah. um, it was. Written by this guy, Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl, which yes. for me is one of the greatest TV shows ever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he also did like weird things like the superhero spoof movie. Like, he wrote and yeah, directed wow. that. Because he's was a like scary he, movie six or yeah, something. something like, he's what a, a traje- tra- yeah, trajectory. He's yeah. a script doctor. He's got a great podcast with uh, John August who, who wrote Big Fish. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, so they do that. Like Each episode they'll tackle like different things that people struggle with. Mm. So like in terms of like story crafting and the way he puts together like certain things, he's amazing. And it, yeah, someone who, who specializes in script doctoring, yeah. like has to write a really, yeah, really good, good script. script. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit. <laughs> and he made the very smart decision of co-writing with the original creator of Lost of Us. Okay. So yes. Which was the game. Yeah. Yeah. Neil I, I Druckmann. Neil Druckmann. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you forget that that was this year, hey? Yeah. We kind of need this episode to <laughs> to just realize, like, when I was scrolling back on on Letterbox, I was like, oh yeah, wow, that was this year. <laughs> yeah. It was like January, Feb this year. It was super early. Uh, what? What did you enjoy most about it? I, I, I just like I felt like every episode 
kind of told its own story in a way, even though it was continuous. I did, mm. did you watch it? Mm, I did. Like there was that episode in the mall and then there was that. Oh, it was just it was oh. just so perfect. And like basically the best film this year was the episode with gay Nick Offerman. Oh, and that of course. Oh, yeah, that's that like was the best film made this year. Sorry. <laughs> it was unreal. I heard everyone talking about it and then I watched it. I was like, fuck. Wait, cool. what are you talking about? You're saying an episode of Last, the Last of, of Us that completely deviates from the main plot line. And all of a sudden we're with two separate survivors that are isolated in this little town that's got a wall around it. And you're saying that could be a film on its own. It yeah. was basically a film. It was. It was a short film. Well, it was yeah. an hour long. That's yeah. And okay. it was heart-wrenching. That's cool. Because the thing that's kept me away from the show is the fact that I've played the game. And everyone was saying, it's exactly like the game. It's exactly the same. And I'm going, then I don't care. Yeah. Because I've played the game, so I know everything. Exactly. But like deviating in that way makes me go, oh, I should watch it. Yeah, exactly. So I think even that mall scene that I mentioned was mm. like a bonus part of the game. It wasn't part of the main game. It was like an okay. add-on. And that was that a beautiful played. scene. It cool. was also amazing, yeah. No, and she was so good. And then also they do the thing, like they set up these characters in the first episode and then like like so many people are dying and it's 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 like relentless yeah and also cool. the, it it feels like it evolves really well like you're saying it has self-contained stories but then the world itself like evolves in different ways you see like the intimacy of this couple you see a town that's running out of food and possibly starting to eat people in order to survive right and all these Heck different too. like moments in how society organizes itself through like fascism and police states yes it's stunning and it's also so how they make you as an audience like choose this protagonist and feel something for that main character and then mm, by right. the end of it you're like i don't know if i should be supporting what he's doing yeah <laughs> but this it's like old, you understand old, it uh, pedro, pedro pascal pedro, yeah. yeah joel joel, joel. Yeah. and just a little bit of connecting thread um, Caitlin Dever, who I just mentioned, no one will save you, I mean, has been cast in season two. Okay, oh, cool. Yeah. Season two of The Last of Us. Yes. Mm. Oh, so there is more to the story. There is a second There's game. A second game, yeah. Uh, yes. Which apparently they might make into two seasons. Okay. That'll be cool. I'm not going to play the game ahead of that. I want <laughs> yeah. to be Craig Mazand. <laughs> we just got a PS4, so I'm quite keen to actually play Last of Us now that I've cool. seen it. Interesting. But it, it's an interesting game to play, right? Because oh, yes. it's not a. Keeps on a high action game. It keeps on like changing an perspective, and you play as different characters. Apparently, it's an uh, yeah. There's two. You play as Joel, and then there's a few bits where you play as Ellie. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, not and a, it's, I'm not a gamer, so it's it's, it's really do. good. It mixes like open world exploration with survival. So you have to like pick up things and find things to craft other things. Yeah. But then it's a survival horror game. Yeah, it's mostly linear. It's not super open. Yeah, true, but, but it feels like you are there's navigating. There's like a crafting system yeah, and the levels are very wide. And, yeah. So it does feel like you're doing a lot of exploring of this abandoned city. Yeah. You know? Interesting. But then it's a survival horror game, so it'll keep you on your toes yeah. and screaming. Okay. So that's The Last of Us, <laughs> which is on um, Showmax. Yeah. I see it is going off soon. Yeah. Okay. All right. Catch so here's so. your warning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, back to me. My pick is A Good Person which is the film uh, that was made by Zach Braff. Okay. From Scrubs. Hmm. You know, he's quite a silly guy. He hmm. was but he was always is very he? he was always very good at doing drama because yeah. if you watched Scrubs, you knew how how effectively it could go from sort of very silly humor to like gut-wrenchingly, right. you know, dramatic um emotional stuff. He then made uh, Garden State, which was a darling film. 
that really sort of everybody loved. Um, and he's made one or two others, but A Good Person was a film he made this year, which starred Florence Pugh, mm. who he was dating at the time. I think they even broke up and they still made it with each other. And it really is um, a, a, an important film to mark the opioid crisis. Okay. Oh, wow. So it is, a, it is a little bit of a toughie. I'm not going to lie, mm. but it is worth watching because you you do go into the trenches of this kind of addiction and this problem, and you really see it through an incredible force of acting from Florence Pugh, and it's a great film, but you, you do come out of it the other side, so, so please don't be too put off by this. But um, it basically tells the story of um, a woman who was set to get married, life was all sorted and um, actually on her way to try on wedding dresses gets in a car accident which was kind of her fault kind of not her fault where the fatal crash um, she survives but her future sister-in-law dies and I think someone else I forget who dies sorry I forget off the top of my head it's fine. But, uh, yeah, future sister-in-law and I think mother-in-law, maybe. I forget. Okay. But people die. And she is obviously in pain after this car accident, gets mm. put on opioids, and slowly develops um, an addiction. She obviously no longer marries the man she was going to marry because of all this drama falling apart. So her life is is in shambles to to a very large degree. And in rehab meets Morgan Freeman, who is the dad of her ex-future husband. Right. And um, so obviously, like, there's drama there, Mm. but there's a friendship and there's a connection and there's things to work through. Um, So, yeah, it is dramatic. Mm. But fuck, it's a good movie. Cool. <laughs> I love that setup because the whole thing with conflict. When I when I used to lecture at the film school, uh, yeah, and um, I would like talk about. I'd use um, what metaphor did I use? I, I used to teach us, and I've forgotten. But like <laughs> the idea that conflict in a scene is about taking two combustible elements that, in isolation, are stable. Yes. But you put mm. them together and you like set a catalyst to it, like a flame. Yeah. And it just like. Yeah, because yeah. the reason why Morgan Freeman is is in this kind of program or this AA meeting or I don't know what they're in, they're in a sort of rehab, is because he's battling with his own alcohol addiction, which he, you know, was also tested with the recent passing of his daughter and all these people and sure. and um, but you know, there's this incredible moment where Florence Pugh is trying to get more of these opioids. And she encounters old high school people who are drug dealers. But she was clearly the sort of prom queen, you know. Right. And they're like, oh, my God, like (laughs) how far the mighty have fallen. Mm. And they sort of get her to say, like, you know what? I'm going to give you drugs if you you can admit to me that you're you're an addict. Right. And And you just see this most incredible acting as she's like, as she actually like, swallows so much of her own dignity and mm. pride just to get her hands on more. Oh, right. oh it's heart wrenching. That's the that's oh, probably the bottom goodness. of the of the barrel in the film. But mm. but uh, it's it's heartwarming afterwards and it really like oh it's a lovely movie. It's cool. it's 
it's very much worth your time. So that's a good person. Nice. I also saw it on box office. I'm not sure where it is now, I'm afraid. Yeah. But look out for it. Yeah, we'll we'll try to do the searching for you guys. So <laughs> Yeah, any yeah. any any available link just by the way will be in the description. Yeah. Um but otherwise you 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 know where to get them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kolsky. Um I want to talk about a series, but I I can't choose between it or three two others. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know, maybe you guys can help me. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's One Piece season 1. Oh, okay. Cool. Which was a pleasant surprise because mm. anime adaptations suck normally. Um, they always suck. In fact, I think it's like yeah. that's not true. And which Speed Racer exists. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was Dang. a test, Graham, and you passed. <laughs> is that the Wachowski film? Yeah. Okay, you're putting it that it high. Fucking rules. It is so I great. Love yeah. Speed it's Racer. It's amazing. Okay, love it. I yeah. need to watch Speed Race again. <laughs> We're getting derailed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, One Piece pleasantly surprising a shit ton of South African talents in it, mm. and that's on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Yeah. The Bear season two on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. The Bear is just absolutely incredible. Cool. It's nuclear. It's focused. Yeah. Within this restaurant, the first one had to do with the star chef coming back to save his now dead brother by suicide's restaurant mm-hmm. in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then he saves it obviously at the end of the season. Cool. But then season two is about turning it into a fine dining restaurant, rebooting it. And, and getting that bear out the kitchen. Yes, totally. <laughs> I'm going to make that joke every time the show comes up. <laughs> and yeah, turning, it's the renovations and the chaos and cool. trying to organize chaos. That's like what both seasons are about. Okay. Nice. Okay. And it's incredible. I would like, I would so highly recommend it. I haven't seen season two yet. Okay. The yeah. bear is on Disney plus. Yeah. Yes. One piece is on Netflix. And yes. was there a third one? There was. What's the third uh, one? It's blue eye samurai. Oh, yes. Also on Netflix. Mm. I've heard Which it's good. I haven't finished, I don't think, I'm like episode eight or okay. seven. Okay. I think we should talk about One Piece because that's the one that you brought up first. I'm a firm believer in, and, I, and I'm like <laughs> I this I, with the what guests. What about working from three to one? I don't know. No, no, it doesn't work that way. In my head, often the guests, when you talk about the film that you know yes. was your puppy love film or the... It's the one that it's the one that hits you first, man. I'm going to I just you help me clarify this <laughs> with that challenge. I'm like it's Blue Eye Samurai is the okay. number one for right. me. Okay, fine. Okay. Right. Yeah. Just so completely disregard what I was saying. Yeah, sorry, dude. <laughs> That's okay. to me. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, he's not, guys. Just to let you know. Uh, okay. So Blue Eye Samurai, it's about a mixed race woman in Japan, like Edo period Japan. Live action or animated? Animated. Okay. Okay. I'll get more into that. And she is like cast out by society in a period of Japan, probably set around the same time, I'm guessing, as Martin Scorsese's silence, where like Christians were being crucified and like right. white people were not welcome, right? Yeah. Um, and the only four white women in Japan, white men in Japan, sorry, could be her father. Right. And she's just lived this life of misery because of her blue eyes. So she trains with the blind sword maker. So it's like very, very Akira Kurosawa, yeah. <laughs> like... Edo period, Japan, like okay. duels, samurai, ronins, shoguns, cool. all the shit. It, cool. it is hyper-violence. Hmm. Like you see people getting cut in half all the time. There's nudity. It's 3D animated, right? right? So they use 3D models with cel-shaded animation over it to make it look 2D. Okay. Uh, okay. And it looks so cinematic. It looks incredible. The filmmaking is like, I'm so shocked. It is such a surprise but it is legitimately one of the most engaging visually exciting series i've come across like on the same level as arcane i oh, think damn. i'd equate it to that whoa 
I like I like the fact that we're actually talking about this because One Piece was very popular, mm-hmm. and we were at Comic Con shortly thereafter it coming out, and uh. and everybody was dressed as the dude, you know, in the like riverboat hat. Nice. Oh yeah, Luffy. And of course, the bear is great, and a lot of people have seen it. But Blue Eye Samurai is something that I think I don't think we've all heard about. It's new. It's, it's very new. new. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I found it very interesting at Varsity once a lecturer came in and was talking about Japanese culture and we then did a, a course on anime we did some stuff and, we, and he gave us a little sort of small little course on Japanese cinema which was great there was a good two centuries where the rest of the world was trading bartering colonizing you know hanging out with each other where Japan didn't allow any foreigners to set foot on Japanese soil oh, sure there was even a famous treaty that was once signed where the boat came up to the to the beach they built these reed mats. They signed whatever kind of trade document they needed. And then once that person had left back into the ocean, they burnt the reed mats. And it was a way of saying Shit. no foreigners set foot. Hmm. Wow. And, and I think perhaps Gad can, can confirm that when you go to Japan, you can see it. <laughs> it's right. weird. It's different. It's completely different. And it's because they've just had no outside... Um, Influence in that sense. They are so uniquely themselves. Um, In in airports around the world, you're a visitor, but in Japan, you're called a foreigner. When you you spot each other at the subways, all the the people that aren't Japanese sort of look at each other. (laughs) And you sort of go, I wonder what you're doing here. Are you traveling? Are you teaching? What are you doing? Because you just look so different and you treat it differently. And and it's, 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 they're, they're very nice. Friendly people, some of the nicest people we've ever met in our lives are Japanese, but they they are they are very particular. Interesting, and and it's they don't they don't welcome other people in very easily. It's it's very difficult to you'll never be Japanese. You have to be Japanese to be Japanese. Right, you you can't be. Yeah, I taught um, a few Japanese students when I taught English. And I would talk to them about this kind of thing. It's fascinating. Yeah. I obviously won't talk about it on the because yeah, those are I mean, conversations. Yeah. And of course, the you know the the negative part of this is how. A country like Japan gets so imperialist and mm-hmm. and you know were the bad guys in World War Two yeah. for this very reason. <laughs> but uh, okay, so that that sits at the core of this blue-eyed samurai. Yeah, is the, the core of this protagonist problem is they hate being alive so much that they are hell bent on revenge. It's like a revenge on check destroys all story. Right, very much. Okay, it's like leaving a trail of fire and blood behind her as she goes, and she's the best swordsman. In the East. Okay. You know, she's a badass. It's freaking cool. It's mature. It's deep. It's profound. I Okay. And it away. is on Netflix. Yeah. Mm. Blue-Eyed Samurai. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Lovely. Noise. Okay. G-Force. Yo, stick it. Or you want to say something? I was going to say G-Force. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a movie with a gerbil? It's a Disney movie. Yeah, it's, it's like this decked out gerbil, like, and it's called G Force. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, um, Where did you come up with G Force? <laughs> it's a thing. G Force. You have G Forces when yes. you fly, no, when you, like in fight a, a shuttle. Yeah. You got we have G Forces right now. G Force Five. We have one of them right now. Yeah, I think it's G Force Gravity. Gerbil. It must be Gerbil G Force. Yeah, <laughs> yeah G Force is Gravity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so sticking in the world of animation. It has been a very good year for animation. Um, we had like Nimona, which was great. We spoke about that. We had Elemental, which was really sweet. We spoke about that. We had Ninja Turtles, which was also amazing. Yeah. Really good. Did you watch it? 
No, yeah, it did. It was stunning. It's tremendous. But best of the best, easily Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. coming out on Netflix the day before this episode is. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Now, everyone can watch it. Yeah. Okay. It is just... Everyone can watch it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredible film. Okay, this is it's across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, the sequel the to Into one. the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And it's just... In... Like, superheroes are, like, the most saturated genre in, like, mainstream Hollywood right now. Sure. So to enter that that genre with something that feels unique and fresh mm. and relevant and cool and doesn't make you go, I've seen this a hundred times before. Like, that alone is, like, a minor miracle. Do you know where the character came from? Miles Morales. Yeah. In do terms know, of? Do you know what inspired it? A Isn't, bunch of things. Sure. Okay, well, the one thing that I heard, which I thought was really interesting, yeah. is the TV show Community, which has um, Donald Glover in yeah. it. People know him as Childish Gambino, but he's a great actor, Donald Glover. And in one scene, as a grown man, he's wearing a Spider-Man pair of Spider-Man pajamas. And that's apparently one of the things that inspired the creator to go, let's have a cool black kid in this, like... They also love Miles existed long, long before Community, like easily 10, 15 years before. Really? I've read read him him in the comics. um, I think at one point, Donald Glover made like a joke about playing Spider-Man. Okay. Somebody said to him, who, like, I'm going to name a character you want to play or whatever, and he made a joke about playing Spider-Man. Okay. And just as like, just as this thing of, oh, this black dude will never be able to play Spider-Man. Yeah. Definitely in the 90s, there was a Miles Morales... They kind of like phased out Peter Parker and brought Miles back. Oh, really? It was okay. in the yard. Yeah, it was the ultimate universe. They killed yes. Peter Parker. Okay, so you're talking about in the in the actual print comic books yeah. that this kind of black kid being Spider-Man breaking open the, the multiverse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they right. very much reference um, the Childish Gambino thing in the movie, don't they? Um, well, he's in it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> yes, very briefly. Yeah. Um, okay, so 2011, created by Brian Michael Bendis. Okay, maybe maybe it was just him seeing that that kind of spurred mm. on the the need to make it. Yes, maybe that maybe I'm misquoting it. As um, but okay, yeah, I got that horribly such, wrong. Sorry. Such an amazing film, mm. Be- like maybe the prettiest film ever. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible in terms of animation. Like, like you the can varying, pause every frame, and it can be a desktop yeah, wallpaper. Like the varying styles in the different universes, each look completely unique. You know, and they all function, you know, in terms of their characters and everything, like the way Gwen's world looks as opposed to the way Miles' world looks. Yes. It's just like... Yeah, it's true. You had like the Indian Spider-Man uh, yes. and that like New Delhi Spider-Verse. Yes. And then it looked like hyper-realistic, but then you go to Spider-Punk's universe, which mm-hmm. is like the Sex Pistols album cover. Yeah, like his style is all like cutouts, like everything looks like it's cut out. Yeah, of, cut out uh, yes. yeah. yeah. And then Gwen's is all like... Um, Watercolor. Uh, watercolor, yeah. It's stunning. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. so um, great. But also, like, the fact that it's, it's like, two hours and 20 minutes, which is long for an animated movie, but it means that there are these, like, extended character beats. Yeah. Which you never see in animation, mm. where they just have these moments that are just purely character moments and not plot, mm. and how the characters intertwine with the plot and that sort of thing. And it's just, like, what a movie, dude. Yeah. It's incredible. And that is now going to be on Netflix. Yeah. That's cool. It's easily, like, I remember when we watched that, it's like... Mm. The rest of the films coming out this year are going to have to be fucking good to beat that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember you guys loving it. And it's, it, it seriously is one of the best films you'll yeah. see this year. Yeah. yeah. Character-wise, it's great. Story-wise, it's great. It's funny. Like, it's really funny. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, the horse. I'm never going to get over that horse. <laughs> You'll see. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, man. All right, Gad? Okay, so I've got a, a few. So obviously, Jess, my girlfriend's got a seven-year-old, and we watch a lot of stuff together. Cool. So one thing that we've discovered is a show called Kiff. No which way. is made by a South African guy, Nick Small, who cool. we know he was in that band, Derek Watson, the Sunday Blues, and he was in Village Draco. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so Kiff is like, I think they're like 10 minute shorts and it's a family of squirrels and everything, all the, all the animals like talk and they go on little adventures. Where is it? Where is it? So it's supposed to be on Disney Plus. We have to watch it with a VPN because for some reason it's not available in South Africa. But it's South African. Yeah. Well, is anyone else going to see the title Kiff and be like, I'm yeah, going to watch it's, that? It's been doing very well. It's like second season. That's it's amazing. Been, it's been renewed. So it's all made um, Triggerfish, oh, okay. the animation oh, cool. studio that do it. So I think they went over to America and they did it all there. And he does the voice of like the principal and he's so South African. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> So there's that. That was great. And then Gremlin's Secrets of the Mogwai, oh, which is like a prequel animated series for kids. Okay. Which is on HBO. I'd heard of it, but I didn't know it was actually like good. It is incredible. That's awesome. I think like Cole was talking, it's like 3D, but made to look 2D. Yes. Right. It's got that sort of like, it feels like it's on paper. Yeah. Right. And cool. it's like the way it moves and it's, uh, it's all the mysticism from the movies like, oh, it's very, very Asian and Japanese and, like, lots of pan pops. But like, the, the, not pan pops, but, like, it's <laughs> sort of, like, it's mystical. It's like Japanese reed flutes. You know, the, yeah, the, the flutes. And, like, it's all about the, the origins and where they grew up. And Right. Are oh, gremlins Asian? Well, I mean, in the movie, he goes to Chinatown to get yes. Mogwai. Oh, he buys right. him from oh, the right. Asian yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, where is the show available? So it's on HBO also to VP and that. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it's called? Gremlin's Secret of the Mogwai. Okay. This, uh, this is coming from a guy who wears a Gremlin's t-shirt yeah. <laughs> relatively often. Yeah, Sometimes on stage in front of everyone <laughs> with short story. I have three Gremlin's t-shirts. Nice. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Silly me for thinking there was just one. <laughs> <laughs> and then we watched uh, Leo recently, which is oh, the Adam Netflix, Sandler. Adam Sandler movie. Mm. Sandler. Sandler. Yeah, Gad also <laughs> says Adam Sandler. No ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm Sandler. <laughs> Sandler. <laughs> and that's written by the guy who played Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Uh, Conan show. Wow. Yeah. I forgot okay. about that. Because yes. I, I, I listened to an interview with him on Conan. And yeah, I just went back and watched old Triumph clips. Right. They were amazing. When he goes to the premiere of the Star Wars yes. episode two, the Tech of the Clones, <laughs> and pushes the access the kid on Darth Vader. It's like, what does that button do? Call your parents to come and fetch you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a grown brutal. man. Yes. Darth brutal. <laughs> um, yeah, Leo is great. I haven't seen it, but I mean, I've obviously seen it on the mm. on the service. Uh, it's on Netflix. Yes. Adam Sandler and uh, Bill Burr are two um, lizards in a sort of... A lizard and a yeah. turtle. In a turtle oh, okay. in, a, in, a kids, in a kindergarten class. Cool. And then they have to, the kids all of a sudden get tasked with having to take them home over the weekend. Right. And then these animals reveal that they can talk to them and help them with their life's problems. And that's a musical. It's a musical. And it's a musical. <laughs> So I, can, I can deal with the musicals when it's animation. It's like the uh, moment it's live action, I'm like, uh, no, I'm out. 
Oh, yeah, we didn't mention in the episode that Gad hated Wonka. Yes. <laughs> we yeah. all loved it. Yeah, if this was uh, a I'm least <laughs> rented episode, then <laughs> Gad would bring up Wonka. Yeah, I've been trawling like YouTube reviews and stuff to find anyone that agrees with me, and I think I'm literally the only person. You might just be. It's because I think I'm, I'm, I'm like so close to the fact I make candy, and I'm like, right. no, I just, I don't know. <laughs> He's a competitor. Yeah. <laughs> But that is not how you make candy. Mm. <laughs> You're doing this, it wrong. None of this is real. There's no magic in candy. But yeah, animation, uh, like I love in Bob's Burgers, those musical numbers. And I got into Central Park, which I'd never watched before. I watched which is, a bit of that. That was okay. cool. There's like three or four musical numbers at least. And it's like with animation, I, I like get it. It's like it's fantastical and it's like it, yes. they can push it. There's something we should all watch, which I discovered on late night TikTok browsing last night. <laughs> It's a freaking nativity story musical. Okay. Uh, and the song is the songs are bangers. They are so <laughs> fucking good. Wait, the one I saw was Antonio Banderas. Uh, you know Jesus had to flee Bethlehem or go to Bethlehem? He was a baby, he wasn't doing anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mary and Joe. Yeah. Bethlehem, Mary Jane and Joe Bethlehem, like on the way to <laughs> Durban. It's a Rob Williams reference. Uh, but they had to go to Bethlehem or flee Bethlehem because right. the king was trying to murder all the babies yes. that could have been the Messiah. And the, that guy is Antonio Banderas uh, singing about how much he loves power. And there's this like jealous lieutenant behind him right. doing a badass dance. And I'm like, this is fucking cool. Is it live action? Yes, it's live action. This is a movie? What? Yeah. It's called Journey to Bethlehem. Oh, Journey Wild. to Bethlehem. That's the answer. <laughs> okay, so you're consuming... This is interesting just to talk about for a moment. Yes. You're consuming a whole, pretty much a whole film on TikTok. No, I have done that. This was just clips of the musical numbers. <laughs> but I'm saying to some large degree, you are consuming films through TikTok. I watched the whole of the new Hellraiser on TikTok. Wild. One night. Through, through different... <laughs> yeah, they, so they can't upload an entire film in one go. They are making, they're basically taking on YouTube at the moment to like release like 60 minute clips on TikTok. Because sometimes this is, this is authorized, right? No, it's absolutely no. not. Oh, in some cases it is. Yeah. So like Mean Girls mean for the girls. anniversary this year, they put the whole form on TikTok in 23 clips. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I watched the whole of Hellraiser on some illegal <laughs> TikTok accounts. Okay. Yeah. Weird. So you're just bumbling across everyone's. The original yeah. Hellraiser. No, the remake this year. Is it? Worth wow. watching? I mean, no. TikTok or not TikTok? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think the first Hellraiser was particularly good, mm. but you watch it for the, what are they called? I was about to say Gorgonites, but that's from Small Soldiers. <laughs> the pin, Pinheads? Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get, let's get, this, let's yeah. get back on topic, okay. guys. Um, okay. Well, let's just get on to my next pick. Cool. Okay. Um, which uh, for me is Killers of the Flower Moon, mm. which is good old Scorsese. Scorsese. Scorsese and Leonardo. Leo de Caps. Leo D. Caps. Um, I, I loved it. I mm. was a little nervous going in, knowing that it was going to be three hours. Uh, we went to the premiere screening, so I couldn't pause. <laughs> um, There's no intermission these days. And um, no, it, it, was, it was quite a film, man. Um, it tells the very important real-life story of the Osage people yeah. who... Um, you very largely have the narrative in the Wild West that the that the Indians, the Red Indians, the Indians, yeah, were annihilated, wiped out, poor, 
you know, and living like off the land, stricken and you know, and rural, right? Not, like not civilized. Yeah, um, you know, living like, out in teepees. It's like what the victor's narrative has taught us. Yeah, and and what you do discover is that there was a time when they were allocated land. On the land, um, they discover oil, and so for this period, um, the Osage people were some of the most wealthiest, in theory, powerful people. And I say in theory because the more westernized forces, the white folk, um, came in and this film shows the systematic killing of these people so that others could inherit the land rights in order to get the oil on that land. Mm. And so our film starts with Leonardo DiCaprio joining his uncle, played by Robert De Niro, and De Niro um, is meant to be this kind of pillar of the community, helping everyone. But um, as you see, they slowly, both literally and figuratively, poison the the, the people. Yeah. yeah. And it's classic uh, Leo decaps as he um, <laughs> finds himself backed further and further into the into the bed and the, against the wall, figuratively speaking. And he, he slowly unravels as he, you get the feeling really loves his wife. Who's this native American woman, but yeah. he is li- literally killing her Yeah, and, um, her family members and, and it's about greed. And, yeah. but I just love the fact that this was a story I hadn't heard. Yeah. I didn't know that there were native Americans that were, insanely wealthy that were driving around in these fancy cars and you know and that america actually in history did give them some chance but you realize that in many ways they didn't because they sort of set them up to fail and how the system was rigged against them Mm. they had the power but they didn't it was was fascinating I, Mm. i really appreciated that part of it acting wise it's fucking superb yeah DiCaprio is just he's so good at doing that like pain in his eyes like oh it's dreadful <laughs> you see it all the time like as he unravels in Wolf of Wall Street as he you know even slowly you know things fall apart in um, Catch Me If You Can like mm. all those kinds of movies The Departed like yeah. oh, it's just he just shines yeah. De Niro is great yeah De Niro um, is amazing in this film dude yeah. I think Lily Gladstone's going to win Best Actress. Oh, yeah. I think she has to. 100%. Yeah. No, very it, Have you all seen it? Yeah. yeah. I think I'll wait till it comes to TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Call back. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say on that. It's just nice. great, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a bloody excellent film. It Incredible. felt like it was like a cool... Well, I'm not going to say cool. That's a terrible <laughs> adjective to use. But an interesting yeah. like microcosm of... And like thematic representation of colonialism mm. i think like yeah. how pernicious it is and subversive like we've seen the moments where it's like outright genocide right but then in other ways it's just this cancer that like spreads into native cultures yeah. and like wipes it out and it was so their yeah. plot was like just vile yeah. oh my yeah. god it was yeah. it was difficult to watch yeah it was, yeah, hard it was. also features a surprise jack white oh yeah yeah, he's one of the dudes at the, at the end. It ends on that like radio broadcast thing. He's one of like the actors who are like oh, delivering. Yeah, that was yeah. a nice little narrative at the end. No yeah. ways. Yeah, and yeah, it, of course, Jack White. Did no one recognize him? No, I, I, oh, I just pointed out because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting that like Martin Scorsese himself kind of delivers like the final note of the film. Yes, so it's an interesting choice. Yeah, and of course the other nice interesting part of it in history was the establishing of the FBI. Yeah, 
and and you realize how they did come in to very much help yeah. what was then a very unruly nation. Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Yes. I awesome. Oh, that was so actually good. the role that was originally written for Leonardo DiCaprio. Really? Yeah. He was going to play Leonardo DiCaprio's character? I don't, know if, I don't think they had decided. And then at some point they switched him to the lead. Okay. There's, there's no way Leo wasn't getting that in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leo was eyeing that the whole time. Okay, I think my honorable mentions before we go on to favorite, <laughs> I'm going to pick two horrors cool. this year for Evil Dead Rise and Talk to Me. Ah, uh, Talk to Me. That was on my list. Cool. Mm. I didn't actually write it down, but fuck, I love that movie. It mm-hmm. was fantastic. It was really good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Evil Dead Rise is goofy horror. Okay, always, cool. Evil Dead has always been goofy as hell. Okay, that's cool because the trailers made it look horrible. No, it is It is horrible. Oh. It is and like the problem with watching Evil Dead, the new first remake, yes. is you sit there and watch the second one going, this one's not as violent as the first one. That's lame. <laughs> and I'm like, what's wrong with me? This is like a dark ass movie. But it, it still feels in how like the evils represented that it's got that degree of silliness to it. Right. And I love them. I love both these remakes. They are so fucking good. Okay. I needed um, the, the what, what happened in 2020? The pandemic. <laughs> I needed the pandemic <laughs> to, I was just looking for the words. Um, for you, Cole, as my housemate, to expose me to Evil Dead, which was uh, yeah. this kind of cult horror series, so to speak. Um, Did you do all three of the original ones? I think we just watched two. We just watched the first two. No, Did we watched the first one. Yeah, uh, yeah, we watched the first uh, one. And then, okay. yeah. The second one is just a remake of the first yeah, one. Yeah, they remake the whole movie in the first five minutes. Yeah. Like crazy. And then we watched um, Army of Darkness. Army okay, of Darkness. Cool. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, so very campy, fun, mm. silly slasher horrors that pretty much all have the main dude Bruce Campbell in it oh yeah, yeah. is he in this evil dead no. oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> okay but let's talk about talk to me mm. yeah talk to me was absolutely fantastic back of the box for people that don't know is that a couple of kids in Australia Australia yeah I was about to be like where the hell were they <laughs> yeah they were Australian um, oh it has Miranda Otto in it oh Eowyn. cool yeah. yeah she's an Australian um, a whole bunch of naughty kids instead of playing glassy glassy they play talk to me with this hand embalmed this bombed hand and, with tattoos all uh, over okay. it they don't know where it came from and isn't it just it's not tattoos it's people who've had it have written their names on it oh okay. uh, like scratched yeah uh, okay. it's like with a cokey yeah oh it's a cokey a sharpie a sharpie <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, they when they talk when they hold the hand and say talk to me, they see a spirit on the other side of the hand holding their hand, which a is just dead terrifying. Per, like a dead, per, like yeah, a, it's like a corpse, a corpse, someone who's yeah. died, sort of appears like in searching front of them. in the afterlife for a window into the living world, and this like bridges that gap basically. It's done so well, and then that's basically the invasion of spirits starts to like overtake this family. Yeah, right, and it's terrifying. The jump scares are great. It's low budget. Yeah, it's cool that it's done like that. I mean, it's, I said this at the time when we spoke about it, that you know someone could have made that film in South Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't anything that took a you know tens of millions of dollars to to do. It was it was an Australian kind of indie production. It was yeah. made by YouTubers. people who were who were famous for being YouTubers. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, it's done so well. And they're in a Street Fighter movie now, so it obviously did well for them. Oh, the directors? Yeah. Street Fighter. Yeah. There was one of those in the 90s. Yes. With Jean-Claude. Saw that, I mean, it's the drive, yeah. fighting game adaptations. They're so <laughs> bad. 
Yeah, uh, I think that was my. Yeah, Talk to Me was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Okay, and uh, yeah, I don't know where it is now. It's not anywhere yet. It yeah. was on cinemas. Um, I think all A24 stuff's going to go to HBO. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Warner Discovery. Okay, which something. might then make its way to Showmax to us. If they're yeah, listening, they should down. make it available in our country so we don't torrent it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, GeForce? So I'm also going to do an honorable mention. That's a bit of a cheat because it's technically a 2022 movie, uh, but we got it in theaters in 2023. So screw you, America. Right. We got it early 2023, which was The Fablemans. Oh, lovely. Yes. Oh, it's technically a last year movie, but yeah, amazing film. Mm-hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, it's like a semi-autobiographical film about Steven Spielberg made by Steven Spielberg. And it's just yeah, tremendous. I can't believe I've only watched that once. I kind of forgot about yes. it. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. I remember us all going to go watch it yeah, together. Like amazingly, incredibly well made. Also, like if you watch that and then you watch a bunch of other Steven Spielberg films, you'll understand where all of those movies come from. Yeah. Close Encounters and E.T. and Empire of the Sun and all of these films were like influenced by his life. Yeah, and it was and very, how much his life has informed his his like his art. Mm. It was a very unique story. Mm-hmm. And uh, very well played by his mother, who um, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams, she um, effectively falls in love with the family friend, yeah. um, right. her husband's friend, and um, and yeah, and the parents get separated. It's very, it's a lovely movie. Yeah, she was nominated. Yeah, she, yeah, she in many ways deserved it. Uh, we, we, I don't want to pick a winner, but it was a really Michelle great. Michelle Williams, yeah, it was a really great yeah. role. And, um, well, yeah, one of the few times where we saw a, a little introduction from Steven Spielberg before the film started. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting thing to include. Yeah, we often don't see that. This is, this is a deeply personal movie. It's one mm-hmm. of the last John Williams scores as well. Yeah. No, one of his last, yeah. We should maybe do the most disappointing films of the year and bring up Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> there we, we just did it. There we go. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we should... Is there more to say on Fable? Um, I just want to say Gabriel LaBelle, who played the young Spielberg yeah. in particular, was incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Such a great performance. Yeah, mm. we need to watch out. Yeah. Watch out for that boy's career. Right. Lovely. Yeah. So one honorable mention is the creator. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Goth Jennings, who did Rogue One, which is I've decided is my favorite movie. Gareth ever. Edwards? <laughs> Gareth Edwards. Goth, oh, yeah. Goth Edwards. Gareth? Goth. <laughs> Gareth? Goth. Pretty sure it's Gareth Edwards. Pretty sure it's Gareth. Okay. Um, I'm a yeah, Star Wars nerd. Gareth. I'm like... I'd know that. <laughs> some some people just drop the E. Gareth you know? Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth, Gareth, Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's like this movie, which is kind of pertinent at the moment, like AI kind of taking over and like just progressing further than, faster than anyone can kind of deal with it. And yeah. they've been outlawed in America. So they've all like got this base out in kind of Thailand in that kind of, Asian region and they've taken over that area and the Americans have found out that they've got this secret weapon which they're trying to get back from them because it's going to kill humanity. Right. And it's just, yeah, this world where people just have these relationships with these ARs who you can't even discern from from humans. Right. And it was just, it's like this war movie and it's a drama and it's a romance and the special effects were amazing. Mm. But speaking on the special effects, this film was quite special because they used a very sort of simple, quite very available camera. Yeah, they shot so it on Sony F3, I want to say. So instead of it being this incredibly expensive, out of your range, yeah. 
camera red dragon komodo or something you know which these people shoot these films on that us as general folk don't think we could ever uh, afford or get um they shot it on on something like that yeah also the fact that most of it shot on locations also a lot of the time with like super minimal crew there were times when they had like three or four crew members and gareth edwards himself was operating the camera and that sort of thing and so just because it kept doing that kept costs down so much and and what this has done is it's actually gotten the film industry more excited mm. just by the idea of this film and how this film was made yeah. has reinvigorated the way a lot of people have looked at filmmaking recently mm. because they thought that this mid-level budget, the smaller budget film was going to be impossible. Yeah, because when films these days, you mentioned Indiana Jones, that was like a $300 million movie. Lost, Fast and the Furious was like $300 million. Yeah. Um, the Marvels was like $250 million. This movie cost, cost this it had like an $80 million budget. Yeah. yeah. And so that's very exciting that these kinds of films can exist. And so it was almost like this point to make. Mm-hmm. Whether or not the movie is any good is actually even irrelevant at this point. It's like you made this. It was, as we've said, a unique story, yeah. which is rare on its own. The fact that they could keep it under a certain budget was rare. Yeah. And they pulled it off, and and it makes our list. And then you think about the fact that Godzilla minus one cost fifteen million dollars. Really, as little as that? Eh? <laughs> what wow. the fuck? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the um, workers in Japan are not treated very well, and overworked, and Ooh. underpaid, and yeah, it's uh, a big okay. problem. There it is. All right. Well, there we go. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just have one little special mention, and it's kind of similar to to what Graham had, which was. Mm. A, f- a, a product that was made in a previous year. Oh, cool. It, this is actually, sorry, as far back as 2019, but it only came to our Netflix this year. Oh, okay. Which was a um, limited series called When They See Us. Okay. Which um, is a, ba- a true story about, uh, they've, they've since changed their name, but at the time they were called the Central Park Five. Which was oh, a very famous okay. um, moment in, in American history and specifically New York history where mm. um, uh, a female jogger was um, brutally uh, raped and assaulted. And the cops at the time found these young black men who were in the Central Park at the time and uh, took them in and basically coerced them into admitting that they were guilty and that they did it. Because yes. they were basically gave them no other choice etc yeah. etc it so, happens so often because yeah just, and so and so 36 hours they're going to be please get me out of here they'll yeah. do anything. anything and then if, if you rat on the others then we'll get you off and yeah. so so they, these five young men went into jail like teenagers teenagers very, and, yeah. and basically they this is the story of their lives um sure the one guy and why i'm actually worth bringing this up is the one one of the guys um, is a went on to be in politics and his mm. is running and has just been elected in in some position in New mm. York. Like he he is he wow. is he is representing the city that that failed him. Mm. Like yes. the majority of his life was was failed by the system. Um, sure, but it was it was a powerful thing to watch. Eh? When they see us, cool. And it's a limited series on Netflix. Uh, Ava DuVernay was the director who went on to do lots more I remember once when I searched for the best shows I can watch on Netflix that was number one yeah (laughs) no it was a special one for me this year so that's why I think it's a honorable mention in the fact that it's not from this year but it it, it had one of the biggest impacts on me in terms of film and TV this year 
I watched it this year. It, it appeared to me, maybe it was on Netflix before, but to me it felt like it appeared on Netflix. Cool. Amazing. Okay. I must watch it. <clears throat> yes, like definitely. again, I didn't know that existed. We did talk about it this year, I remember. Mm. But yeah, I need to watch it, clearly. Okay. I think let's get into our, our greatest hits now. Our yeah. greatest hits. It's greatest let's take hits this, of the year. Let's take this baby home. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So so for me it was Killers of the Flower Moon. So cool. that's what I that was that was my, my big greatest hits. Okay. And then I think we'll do the last three and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Nice. Wrap it up okay. for the year. All right. Sure. Kolsky. Kolsky's number one of the year's past lives. Mm. Yeah. It was great, gorgeous. Great movie. Mm. Yeah. It was just incredibly small, but immense. It's still yeah. on cinemas at the moment. Really? I believe, yeah. It's a smaller cinema release. And I believe as of right now, it's still on, on circuit. Damn. No, I think I'm fully going to watch that like three or four times throughout the course of the next couple of years. Okay. Um, quick back of the box? Quick back of the box is a young South Korean girl um, is forced to immigrate with her parents, obviously, to the States, and she loses a core friendship with this young man, young boy that she knows um, from school. And they have this beautiful little innocent friendship. Um, but then they can't stop thinking about each other as they grow older, and they haven't communicated. And clearly they're just popping into each other's minds for some whatever reason, and eventually they decide to reconnect. And it's about how we relate to people that we fall in love with. A, what love is. I mm. think it talks about that. Mm. Is it romantic? Is it platonic? Does it have to be either of those things to be meaningful? And yeah. the complexity of that. The complexity of it, it's right? It's not that simple. It's not, it's not a simple romantic comedy or a and, romance know. film where it just happens and stays. You know, I think like I, it definitely held a mirror to me, like thinking about people that I had dated and like difficult relationships that I'd had and like the one line that, he said to her current boyfriend, I don't know if they were married. Were they married? I think so, yes. Yeah, they were married. Yeah. So he's like this person who loves her yeah. and she loves is now talking to her husband. Mm. And he says, to you, she's someone who stays, but to me, she's someone who leaves. Mm. And I was like, whoa, that, that just hit a chord within me. Yeah. Like I was so, sobbing in that movie. At, at, a, at a sort of core point in the movie, this guy makes the trip this old friend friend makes the trip to the States to her life and enters her sort of current life to visit her. Yeah. And there's just this, this strange and beautiful conflict where you've got this old flame that you, you wonder what could have been literally sitting next to you. And on the other side of the table is your current husband yes. who you do love and, and, yeah, and, and, and so that's that's the sort of the core of the film is 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 I mean, that that's moment like when even, he comes to visit her. Yeah, that felt like it was only even the third act. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. it was the third act. Yeah, but, but it's just like it feels so immense, right? That's how it mm. sort of culminates as a story. But you're sitting there watching the guy who came over, knowing that he doesn't have any explicitly hectic intentions. Yeah, he just wants to talk to her. Like, feels very innocent. Yes, but then you feel that the love is profound, mm. right? So you're sitting there understanding that there's this vast connection between these two people. And then you're looking at the husband being insecure and jealous. Yeah, yeah he feels less than because he's yeah. like, how could I ever compete with... Exactly. And you're, you're sitting there like thinking, would I judge someone like, for being insecure in that 
context. Oh yeah, I mean no. Like no, you <laughs> of wouldn't. Of course right? you wouldn't. No. Yeah. It's like completely understandable to feel that yeah. threatened. You know. So it's a very it's a very smart film. It's, it's very layered. It's, it's it's human. It's very serious, but it's yeah. lovely. It's I lovely mean to see art. anything. I mean, if you want to label it with genres, a romantic drama that isn't just cliche after cliche. Yes. And feels like a new movie. Absolutely. Like that is that alone is incredible. And, yeah. And what I loved about it is the fact that you are getting this Korean perspective of mm. love and life. Right. And so a a nation that has Buddhism in it, yeah. that does or doesn't believe in it or has it around it, will speak of new lives, past lives, um, you know, reincarnating. And so you are going to approach a love story differently to how you would be an American or a Westerner totally. where you believe in Christianity and it's about, I don't know, fucking heaven or some shit. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, such a, there's such a unique voice with it being Korean. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking about coming to this chat. I was thinking like, who are my favorite directors this year? Mm. And I sat there like going between Chris Nolan yeah. and Celine Song for Past Lives, like, like, how do you compare what either of these directors did and put them on the same yeah, stage, just, right? Just yes. let them all be there. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like a marvelous perspective of uh, an ethnic woman hmm. giving us this perspective into love that we haven't seen before. Yeah. That is like great storytelling for me. And it's 100% why past lives, I think, is my favorite of the year. Cool. Lovely. G-Force? You know, if I were to name a number one, which I don't like doing because I don't like making lists because I think it's reductive. But... If I were to name a number one film of the year, it would be Oppenheimer. Lovely. Because, like, I mean, I think it's the best thing Christopher Nolan has done, you know, coming from oh, the did you land head. on that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Because, I mean, yeah, you look at that dude's career. In the words of uh, our one guest, um, <clears throat> Adrian from Neon Dreams, he said, it might not be his best, but it's his most important. Okay. Interesting. I don't know if you believe that. Okay. But yeah, in your opinion, you say it's the best. I think it's his best work. Like, I mean, Lovely. at least well, in terms of like him as a director. I don't know. It's too early to say if it's his best film overall. Sure. But just in, in terms of like Chris Nolan as a director and watching him like grow as a director over the last like 10 years or however long it's been that he's been doing this. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's an amazing achievement. It's beautifully shot. The performances are all great. Like, I think that's something you can really, if you want to know if a director's good at their job or not. Yes. All your performances are, are, are good. That, that's a director doing his job. Yeah, totally. You know? yeah. I think that's something that people miss out on in terms of what a director's job is, which Fableman's actually demonstrates really well. But um, yeah, I just think... To challenge, to challenge your why it's number one, sorry. Yo. Why would you say it's his best movie? Um, again, in terms of just his craft, mm -hmm. he's always been a director that's kind of been renowned for his craft. In a way, but if again, I watched a bunch of his other stuff now, and if you watch it like progressively, mm. you can kind of see him like figuring things out and figuring out the details, you know. Yeah. And again, also just looking at the performances in terms of you look at little roles and how well performed those are. Yes, that's a good director. Like minor characters. Yes. Did you watch the Prestige it, recently? I haven't watched it in a few years. Yeah, also a great film. Um, but because I mean, there are so many characters and so many actors in that film, yeah. and none of them stand out as going, "Oh, that wasn't very good." 
Yeah. Uh, like little moments <clears throat> of Gary Oldman being the president. Yes. It's such a small role. He's in like one scene. But it's so good. Yeah. Downey was great. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's another thing. Just seeing, getting, like, getting to see Robert Downey Jr. act again. Yes. Yeah. Not, oh. just, not just be a, yeah. a sort of silly man. And yeah. yeah. I mean, Killian Murphy was just like <clears throat> perfect in that role. I, I loved, you know, you had to try and get his brain activity conveyed. Mm. You, you know, you've got this, <clears throat> just this, this other level of, yeah, brain activity. I mean, yeah. he's just thinking, you know, parts of a brain that just hasn't been unlocked. It's like, yeah, how do you visually demonstrate genius? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so, so difficult. And the he's way like, that those, you saw those particles move yeah. and the way mm. that you sort of, he showed that physically with the fissures and the reactions and, yeah. you know, that was his brain. That was his science yeah. working as well as it was his science. It was, it's like when he was imagining quantum physics to be, yes, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, it is also his brain like firing off all these and I don't think signals. it was too reverential in the terms that it was kind of a warts and all portrayal. Yeah, like what, you what left a feeling mean? in terms of like it's not like oh wow he's an amazing genius. Like, we only recognize him person. for his genius. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like you you kind of leave it feeling okay he did amazing things. He is incredibly smart. He's also kind of a dick. And also it kind of had a what's the idiom for this? A wolf in sheep's clothing approach mm. <laughs> where you're like. Cool, it's about making the nuclear bomb. Yes. But then it becomes this character study about Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Yeah. And you realize, I think the thing that Graham said when we came out of that movie that stuck with me the most is you said that you're watching two interconnected narratives that are happening at separate times mm. happen simultaneously throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Like in terms of the cutting. It's non-linear, which most of Christopher Nolan movies are. Yes. Most of his films are non-linear. But also, we're dealing with quantum physics, complicated yeah. quantum physics being explained to us as they problem-solve the creation of this device. Yes. And you're never lost. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's like a ridiculous amount of like back and forth and they kind of telegraph it for you a bit by some, one period is black and white and another period is yes. color, which makes it easier to keep up with. Mm. I didn't like get it's not that. Oh, really? <laughs> Until I, like, I watched the video afterwards. <laughs> right. Like, so, oh, yeah. were, some pots were not in color. And the, the, <laughs> shame, the obvi- shame, Gad's, Gad's colorblind. Yes. <laughs> so, the, the, <laughs> I missed the whole level of that movie initially. The, the, <laughs> so sad. The story, we all, the story we all know is the color version, and yes. that's the one that probably dominated and what people remember the movie to be. But yeah. the black and white story that you're talking about intercutting yeah. was... Um, you know, what happened after the bomb yeah. and what was actually just this terrible level of bureaucracy yeah. and pettiness and pettiness yeah. and politicians, ego trips. And and that was how the legacy of Oppenheimer yeah. got tarnished post his achievement. And so it was very cool to have those two very important parts of his yeah. life story, you know, what made him and then how he reacted to what he had created yeah. um, putting those two back to back so yeah it's very smart did we ever figure out what the title cards at the beginning were about because one was fission and the other one was fusion I think fusion yes yeah. I can't remember if I looked into it I know um, I meant to but I can't remember yeah. I just want to make one tiny little uh, derail while we're talking about science and scientists a special yeah. mention I do have um, is uh, the Apple TV show Lessons in Chemistry. Oh, uh, the Brie Larson show. The Brie Larson show. It really is good and we finished cool. it. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it now because we're we, we, we getting on a bit. But um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great TV show. Cool. And it also sort of shows that complexity of science and how you oh, convey yeah. yourself. Interesting. Um, all right. Gaddy, you got one more? Yeah. 
So Your ultimate favorite. My ultimate favorite. So for me, this year was really all about Star Wars. Oh, I'd cool. never watched Clone Wars. I never watched Rebels. I hadn't watched Andor. I also finished Clone Wars this year. <laughs> so I sat down, like, literally from episode one. I just watched every single episode. And, yeah, I mean, there were some iffy episodes. But generally, yeah. as a whole, it's like some of the best Star Wars that Agreed. I've Amazing. ever seen. Yeah, it is. Especially the Mortis arc when they find the... the like they go off to this distant planet and there's all these people linked to the force anyway are you talking about clone wars clone yes. wars okay. yeah 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 so this is all in anticipation of ahsoka because oh, right. i knew about that this character existed but i'd obviously never seen clone wars she made an appearance mm. in the mandalorian and i thought she was great so yeah i went back fell in love with her the, the character in clone wars because she's supposed to be this precocious kid and then she grows up and you learn with her the i think clone wars is mostly from her perspective mm. so like when ahsoka came look in retrospect it was quite cheesy there's lots of story holes like thrawn the main character who i've recently read all the books and he's an incredible character they didn't do him as ju as much justice as they could have talking mm. about ahsoka now ahsoka yeah okay but I can't remember the last time I was this excited for a TV show. Like literally it would come out and I'd wake up at six, seven in the morning and I'd watch it before I started working, like the day after it came out. And like Amazing. Like that has not happened in yeah. so long. <laughs> like I miss and, that feeling with movies. Mm, yeah. Like getting the new Star Wars episodes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I, I loved them as I was watching them and then you just it's, don't think too hard about them and then they're great <laughs> yeah I think that's the thing with the lower Star Wars yeah people but, uh, made that joke about um, suddenly they have uh, handcuffs that have a metal that is like anti-force yeah because like the whole time they're sitting there going why didn't they just unlock their handcuffs with the force and then someone going no because they're made of metal that can't be manipulated <laughs> by them. and then like, it's, it's you always like have to just man. explain it for the nerds that just like start like thinking that the holes are the all important things yes you know no just enjoy it it's just about good storytelling man yeah, yeah, it was exactly. definitely that journey having fun leading, with your imagination leading up watching those original episode one two and three and then the original trilogy like new hope and empire yeah, yeah. right yeah I, i've realized i'd, I'd Empire is like a bit slow, like compared to like the pacing of the other movies. I mean, right. still great, yeah. but that Star Wars, that New Hope, just pounds like oh, in like two hours. They get so much happens, and yeah. then Empire is just like you, you know. You, I mean, obviously, you know what's going to happen and the cliffhangers, and but then I'm going to be very careful here, guys. I'm, we are teetering on the edge. Of of going into Star Wars, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like Shit. about to respond. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm preparing my response. No, no, no. Okay, I'm going to rain you guys. <laughs> but yeah, and then Star Wars episode. Yeah, no, <laughs> bring it, bro, bring it. And Return of the Jedi was just marvelous conclusion, and the Ewoks are perfect. I know. I know. Let's stop the conversation yes, before yes. I get angry. <laughs> no, no, no. Please, yep, please, for love, Ewok, love yep, of nub. God. Um, okay, Graham, so play that song for our credit roll. Which are all, had one. all leading up to Ahsoka, which I, I feel just like made me more in the moment when I was watching it. That is really cool, dude. So cool. you actually you went through everything, you consumed all the media because people often say the hard thing about starting these like anthology series mm. late is that you have to watch everything again. Yeah, and you did that, like even though you've seen a lot of it. Yeah. Could I go into Ahsoka and just enjoy it? I, I think so. Okay. Like I think there's a lot of lore and 
Subcontext. I couldn't say the word. Subtext. Yeah, we went to film school, but we're like, what's the word? Okay. That, but, what yeah. that's explained to me, would it help me or do I need to watch all the other stuff? I, I mean, watching the first two episodes, my first thought was like, I really did not need to spend the last three months watching Rebels. Because okay. I, I, I feel like they explained it quite nicely. Good. Okay. okay cool. So there yeah. we go. That Someone could dive in. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. And that is on yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah. 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 So, okay. And so lovely, guys. Listen, mm. I think this is this has been a treat. Yeah, I really think. Is there anything else that's burning that you that's worth a mention? I mean, we should mention Barbie. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we haven't mentioned Barbie. Bloody hell! Yeah. The biggest movie of the year. Yeah. It was very pink. I loved the first, it. Yeah, I thought it was lovely. <laughs> the first um, film directed by a woman to cross a billion dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's significant. It's a cultural moment. Mm. And when I found out that the patriarchy wasn't all about horses, <laughs> I gave up or I stopped caring. It's yeah, a yeah. Great What's quote. Line? Such a great quote. No, yeah. it was lovely. I I was there for it. I love a big swing, as yeah. Graham has said. He's made me more aware of when swings are happening, and it just totally paid off. It mm. was smart people that knew exactly which hole the brand was in. Yeah. And they very cleverly spoke their way out of it, or yep. played with it, and owned it. Yeah, exactly. They owned all the criticisms of Barbie. Yeah. It was very carefully aimed at older people from the age that you stop playing with Barbie or the moment you start criticizing it. So they came straight for a very particular group of people, mm. and they were smart about it and just made a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, certainly making fun of themselves. Talking about the important parts of Barbie, the unimportant parts of Barbie. Yeah. yeah. Now, the entire history was summarized for someone who had no clue what Barbie's legacy was. Yeah. Right? And just how it ties into femininity and what it means to be a woman today. And no, it was smart. Some great yeah. songs. All the wrong lessons are going to be learned. <laughs> yes. We're going to get a thousand toy movies over the next two years. Yeah, that's what, that's what we were saying is that they, they immediately started commissioning more. But yeah. that's silly because that's not the point. The point was to, was to actually tackle the bigger questions and conversations that Barbie was a part of, not the fact that it was a toy. Yeah. That had very little to do with it. Mm. Well, I think the Uno movie is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We wait and see. But yeah, here's to uh, another great year. Yeah. Hell yeah. We've got exciting films coming up next year, and uh, and we will be here for it. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Bless you. Thank you for everything. And just from myself, Russell, to the three of you in this room, thank you for being a big part of this. And uh, I love and treasure you guys. I, I've, I've really Ditto. enjoyed doing all these shifts with you this year. And here's to many more. And um, here's to another great year of the Video Store Podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, chaps. Be safe, be well, be and merry, we, and we will and we will see you in the new year. Hell yeah! Cool. Bye. Cheers. Bye bye. <laughs>